Welcome to the Training Day Podcast. My name is David Sandridge. I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to equip us for everyday good works. We have conversations with fellow brothers and sisters in hopes that we can glean something from these conversations to better equip us to walk out life in the way that we've been called to walk it out by Christ, or in other words, to be equipped for everyday good works. This episode is a little different as I am talking to a microphone and not a person. I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about hope. Hope in many situations, specifically hope when we find ourselves in a season of loss and uncertainty. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. At the time of this recording, my mother passed away two weeks ago, roughly. And there has been a lot of time for mourning, a lot of time for uncertainty, a lot of time for, gosh, just reality setting in. And it's been interesting in the process of transition that we're in because there are a lot of practical things that need to be tended to, a lot of things that anyone in this position has had to deal with that you do not really get to prepare yourself for. There's no classes, there's no, well, there are for lawyers, I guess, but uh, I'm not a lawyer, not even close. And so there's a lot of things when you may check out and daydream and imagine how something would be that you can't quite possibly wrap your mind around. And my point is, I think that's the experience of everyone to a degree, some more than others. Because you can plan and make provision, and that has been done for us in this situation, but it doesn't prepare you for walking it out necessarily. And so one thing is that the Holy Spirit has certainly empowered us 
to walk through what we're currently walking through, not just me and Cassie and my children, but also my brother, Stephen, who's a church planner in California, his wife, Allison, and their, their children as well. We've felt the grace and mercy that only the Holy Spirit can give you to walk through these difficult circumstances. And there are uh, some practical things that we have yet to figure out, but we continue to put one foot in front of the other in faith and hope because of the Lord's track record and how he's been faithful. You know, we've been at Gospel Community Church here lately talking a lot about community because um, as of the time of this recording, we're one week into our community groups relaunching. And that is um, like Charles Bird, the director or the lead deacon of our community groups says that that's the lifeblood of our church. And what he means and what we mean collectively as a body when we say that is that is how we stay alive. Obviously, it is the Lord who breathes into us and sustains us. But as far as our community and how we fellowship with one another and walk out the one another's in our church, that's the, um, the gate, so to speak. You know, if you have a need, certainly you can approach anybody on a Sunday morning and say, hey, would you pray for me? Hey, I need this. Hey, my heart's heavy. I need somebody to talk to, pray for me. Or something more practical, you know, with a, maybe a financial need or something like that. That's certainly something that just anybody within the body can engage you with on Sundays. But Monday through Saturday, you know, how are you going to engage? You don't have guest services there on your front porch. So what we have by design is a community, a microcosm of our church split into several different groups, several different homes, several different locations. And that's how we love on one another. Where I'm going with this is uh, for the past two months, we took off the summer for community groups because I can tell you from experience, community group leaders need a break. And, you know, so do the members. But, uh, you know, with the time for groups to come back and the way things have happened with our family, it's been very challenging. So the blueprint for how we stay in community at GCC, the Sanders family is like, okay, how do we do this? How do we stay connected? And I've had countless people reach out, like in our community group, outside of our community group, people say, hey, just let me know what you need. And I'm like, man, you know, I think what I need is, is your prayers and just keep checking in on me because, you know, I can't, there's a part of me, of my pride, it's like, no, nah, you know, don't worry, don't go to any trouble. But, you know, I'm legitimately having a hard time thinking of practical ways we can be served just because every time we turn around, there's something else. So I have a brother who is three years younger than me. He is um, severely autistic. He is able to get around and stuff, but his communication is very, very limited. And it takes a lifetime of relationship with him to really know his language. And that is the new normal for us because with my mom's passing, and this has been the plan since I was 10 years old, he is now with me and my wife and my children. And we're currently in Jackson until we can get back to Fayetteville and find a place more suitable for Matthew and his needs. So Therein lies a challenge, even when we're back 
in the saddle, so to speak, the needs he has and the attention he needs is going to make our social life, our community life, and the way that we are accustomed to doing it is going to look drastically different. But we have hope that those that we've been grafted with will, uh, the Holy Spirit will keep those connections open. And while we may not be actually out and able to do things, we will certainly have to uh, make our new home or digs or whatever inundated with our brothers and sisters in Christ. At least that's the intention. So yeah, as desperate as we are for community, we're having to also figure out a new way how to do that. And so it's been interesting. And I want to keep this centered on hope. But also as I think about community, not just within the context of our church, but also just I haven't always called it community, you know, we'll just, we'll just say relationships, but over the past couple of months, I've been contacted by people from several phases of life and from childhood to high school, to college, to some of my closest friends from every phase. And, and one thing I came to realize is that for me, and you might be able to relate to this, you're awesome if you can't. But for me, it's always easier for me to be in community when it's convenient. And what I mean by that is my friendships over the course of my life have been strengthened and fueled by the geographical location of those relationships. What I'm trying to say is when I move, I don't do so good with the communication and the people that have reached out to me over the past couple of months, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My band from college, my band, we were a band together. Those conversations saved me in moments that no one had any idea the gravity or the weight that they had. And I had to repent in those conversations because what is being poured into me, what's being spoken into me, you know, some of those relationships, you know, we haven't actually had FaceTime in, you know, 15 years. And so I've learned a little bit more about community through this period of loss, through this period of uncertainty. And what I'm certain of on the other side, well, not on the other side of it yet, but in the midst of this is I don't want to say the word intentional because we say it all the time. And I think it loses its meaning, but being more intentional with people that from my perspective may not care if I'm reaching out to them or not. So yeah, that's for free. I've seen how different communities love on one another by communities. I mean, church bodies for this purpose, my mother's church and the people that she was in close relationship with. A whole lot of casseroles and a whole lot of pound cake, and I'm not complaining at all. And uh, being in Jackson, a whole lot of fresh air barbecue. If you know, you know. I got to learn a lot about my family, how strong my wife is, how resilient our children are, and uh, how much of a leader in a rock that my youngest brother is, and his wife too. They're just as solid of rocks. And I want to get to the place where it doesn't take tragedy and loss to discover these things. 
quick story I'm going to tell you for free. Cassie and I reached a point where we knew when mom was in the hospital that time was short and we were going to have to transition to a phase of keeping her comfortable. And um, we had a conversation with our girls and told them what to expect, what was going to happen and what that meant. And my seven-year-old just interrupted, which is not uncharacteristic, said, yeah, the, the streets in heaven, right? They're gold, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, and yeah, that's what the Bible says. She was like, that's pretty cool. I, I think gold streets are pretty awesome. And in the midst of this, my oldest daughter was having kind of a hard time with this. And so the middle child, again, to keep things positive and trying to be encouraging, started Googling pictures of heaven just to show my oldest so she could see how cool it was. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> that's not really heaven. That's what people think because, you know, nobody's seen it yet. But, you know, we can think, you know, gold streets enough, you know, that's pretty awesome. And so and then just out of nowhere, and I'm not sure what this means, but I think it's going to probably lead to a song at some point. Ruthie said, and, you know, there's no technology in heaven. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that meant that that is truly perfection for her Nana, who was not the most passionate lover of technology, or if that possibly explained why there may be no FaceTiming, I don't know. But anyway, that's, that's for free. It just so you know, there's no need for sun because it's the glory of the God. And there's no need for technology and probably no podcasts either. So uh, this hope that we have, it's louder sometimes than others. And I've tried to keep the volume pretty loud in this season. And it's not always easy. You know, it's a roller coaster, just like anything else. But we have hope and his grace is sufficient. And he's been faithful, not just in this season, but preparing us and wiring us for who we need to be in him so we can walk out and be equipped for how we have been called to walk out this situation. So I mentioned earlier that connectivity, being a community, has always been stronger for me when it's been more convenient, and it could not be more inconvenient in this season. So that, of course, is going to turn up our drive and our desire to be connected. And how that happens is how the Lord presents opportunity. I just wanted to talk to you, whoever you are. And my prayer is that ultimately God will be glorified and that we are able to rejoice in his glorifying in the process. And with that, we set out to do this podcast. Nathan asked me if I'd be interested in helping, and we weren't even really sure in what regard that would be. And it just kind of evolved into this with me being the host and, you know, whatever, picking questions and, and all that. And what I wanted to do was do something different. I didn't want to try to teach because if, if you've attended our church, our teaching is solid. 
and our teaching is paramount in our focus because of what we're teaching, and, and it's just simply the Word of God. The faithful preaching of the text is second to none, and so I didn't want to just teach or even try to teach because we have a sermons podcast where you can go back and listen to that. I wanted to make this relaunch that we did of the Training Day podcast more conversational. And now we also have the um, Be Still and Grow GCC Ladies podcast, and I've heard several of those. I actually even got to sit in on one of their recordings, and I really, really enjoy how it offers a different, for lack of a better term, vibe from what we do on a Sunday. I mean, it's conversational. It's essentially a, a little more what I would imagine in some cases, maybe a little less transparent DNA session. And, and that's super encouraging to hear for everybody. And so there's that. And I wanted to do, you know, something similar, maybe a little more driven around one particular topic or, or something like that. But that was the intention. So tonight, as I'm recording this, I'm talking to you and maybe you're talking back. I don't know, but I didn't have anybody nearby to record. So I just wanted to talk into this microphone and hopefully encourage and inform and thank everyone who listens to this specifically in our community. And so with that, I'll leave you with the benediction of now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all both now and forevermore. We'll talk to you next time. Save us all.